Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, it is a brand new NFLSC first round mock draft. Connor and I will go back and forth. We'll pick odds and evens. Talk about every single selection in a brand new first round mock with the updated order. And of course, if you're a Panthers fan and a Browns fan out there, we got you as well. We'll get to your picks at the end of the mock draft, but it's always a great conversation. Love these episodes. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys on a Monday edition of the podcast. And you guys know what time it is. Rent is due, baby. Rent is due. It's time for a monthly mock draft. We're here to get the views. We're here to get the engagement. And we're here to get that sweet, sweet revenue from what is uh, tagging a mock draft in every SEO way possible. Connor, we we didn't even realize this, man. We've been doing a little bit of some mock draft exercises here and there, but... When we went to plan this week, we're like, hey, we actually haven't done a mock draft in over a month. So every month we tend to give you guys a brand new NFL SE centric mock draft. And uh, so we're here to do once again. We really are. Listen, holidays are here. Uh, Christmas gifts or, or, you know, Hanukkah gifts, whatever it is you celebrate need to be paid for, which means it's time for a mock draft. <laughs> we were laughing that it's like wow it actually has been october we are a all year round nfl draft show and we technically went november without a mock draft which oh we blew it you know what that means we just got now we got to do one next week too and the week yeah. after that and we the week after that a huge and the joke week after but we could reach a point of the season where we're doing that but in all seriousness um a lot has changed in some ways i think or there's a lot of interesting conversations, especially around the draft order. So I'm really excited to do this, especially as we get to crunch time of the NFL season where a lot of fan bases are rooting to lose right now. Yeah, and and I think that's the difference, right? When we did our last mock draft at the end of October, <laughs> there were some fan bases that knew things probably weren't going very well. But now we're to the point where you're really getting this divide within the league where there's probably... 12 to 15 teams and fan bases that are like, all right, we don't really have a chance to compete this year. Let's see what's going on for the 2024 draft. Maybe next year could be our year. We can get that exact player that we need. And we are here to facilitate that player for you. Connor, we'll go back and forth on this one. Classic NFL SE format. You want the odds or do you want the evens? Oh, wow. Tampa picks, Tampa picks evens. Oh, so did the Jets. This is the problem. Yeah. I did not realize the Jets swapped from seven to six. Yes, they are now Mm. picking in front of the New York Giants. (laughs) So I feel wrong getting to pick here. You really want me to pick? For who? What? Like if I get odds or evens? Yeah, look, I'm. You look how many episodes of this podcast have you done? You know how this goes. I ask you which one you want to pick. I say that I'm very gracious, but in reality, I don't actually want to make the decision. Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I am I am scared behind the wall of being nice. It's all a facade. I'll I've take got evens. fears and insecurities <laughs> that I don't want. All right, good. That's fair. I'll take the evens. It's true. How many times have we done this exact exercise? It's unbelievable. The podcast this, is almost two years old. And I do the same thing every time. And it took you this long to catch on so you know what you know that's a great bit you know something's going on okay so you're going even so you're not taking you're not picking it at number one uh we're gonna give you as much analysis analysis as we possibly can here in this mock draft so we're getting right to it 
picking number one overall, it's Carolina Panthers still. But plot twist. They don't have to pick. That is the uh, ultimate plot twist here. One in 11. Since we did a mock draft last, they have now they got, now got a new head coach. Everything's out the window. We've already done the fixture franchise of this team. God, so much has changed. They but are for Chicago, the classic, our, you know, pets heads are falling off team. That's yeah, it's true. They really for Chicago. Are. I still think it's a quarterback and yeah. we're doing by, by the way, I should have said this at the very top. We're doing this uh, with the PFF mock draft simulator. So you guys can obviously see it on the screen if you are um, watching on YouTube, but feel free to go and do your own mock draft, whether it's team centric or a first full round, you can do that over at PFF.com. That's how Connor and I are doing it here. I am still of the camp where I, I don't really I don't want to say I don't care how good Justin Fields looks. Obviously, if he turns into Patrick Mahomes over the next five weeks, then uh, you probably are reconsidering some things. But I don't really believe that Justin Fields is going to play well enough to where it 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 behooves Chicago to continue to roll with him, knowing that you have to sign him to a long-term contract soon, as opposed to resetting that quarterback contract, that rookie quarterback contract, which is – one of the most valuable things in all of sports, not just the NFL. I am going to stick with Caleb Williams. I'm going to stick with the chalk here, and I'm going to give him Caleb Williams, knowing that Justin Fields is probably on their, on his way out, and they're probably accumulating some sort of day two capital for him. I think that some team would probably do that, probably yeah. a third, third round pick at this point. But I'm going to go Caleb Williams here. Let's reset the rookie quarterback contract timeline, and let's go QB at number one. The Patriots are up on the clock at number two, and I don't think any surprise here. It's going to be Drake May. Now, the question for New England is, Trevor, if mm-hmm. they can hold on to this spot because... Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a photo finish, baby. Literally a photo finish. Now, it gets really interesting this Thursday because they are playing a Steelers team without Kenny Pickett. Oh. Right? And I, I know people will be like, oh, Kenny Pickett... The next guy's Mitch Trubisky, so Maserati Mitch. Maserati. No, wait, wait, we can't do we can't do that anymore because that's that's Marvin Harrison Jr.'s nickname. So yeah, he, can't he, do that. he instantly forfeits that nickname. Now it's now it's Mazda Mitch. Oh, God, Maybach Mitch. No, it's Mazda. <laughs> it's absolutely Mazda. It's uh, man, it's motorcycle scene. Mitch. If Mo- you want to take no, nope, still Mazda, <laughs> still Mazda. Absolutely still Mazda. Um, so New England, I mean, yes, they have then the Chiefs, Broncos, and Bills, and you don't think they win any of those games, but they're bookended right now by a Steelers game on Thursday Night Football and a Jets game the final week of the season where New England's at home. Obviously, if you're New England, you don't want to win another game this year because I I don't think I think Carolina is bad enough. One of my favorite bets a week ago, I was saying was uh Carolina to have under two and a half wins because that was plus money. I don't even think Carolina, I don't even know if they get to two wins, maybe, but probably not. Carolina most likely is picking number one, which means the Bears are picking number one. But the Patriots need to hold their ground for this pick because it's it's really not good if they can't. And I understand, you know, it's crazy to call Marvin Harrison or Olu Fashanu like a consolation prize, but New England is a franchise that they really need a quarterback right now. So it's going to be fascinating. For me, it's Drake May here. He's obviously one of those guys, him and Caleb Williams. They are guys that you think you can start uh, your franchise with, really, at quarterback, like a true building block under center. Yeah. 
But yeah, Trevor, my biggest question is just ultimately what does this draft order look like when all is said and done? I don't question the the fact these players are going to go in the first two picks. I question who the hell is going to actually be making the second pick. Patriots scored zero points this weekend. Zero. Zero, but they allowed six to the Chargers. Which was uh, insurmountable, very clearly. Yes. You know, that was... Uh, Sam Monson had a tweet. The Chargers were favored by five and a half. Okay. They scored six points and they covered. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're talking I mean, about here it, with the like, Patriots offense. In all seriousness, Tim Boyle, who I really don't think, and this is harsh, but I really don't think he's like an NFL roster like caliber player. I mean, the Jets went out. And got two field goals and a safety. Yeah. Like, I really don't think Tim Boyle is a NFL rostered player. So that just goes to show you where New England is at offensively right now. And Ramondre Stevenson just got hurt. I did not realize that the Panthers and the Patriots are tied in strength of schedule. I still think Bill can... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying. Oh, because the pick, if they have the same. Uh, no, yeah, I'm saying record. that it's, it's, it's tied. So, like, if yeah. they, if they actually, if the Panthers somehow win a game, and their record is tied, this is actually going to come down to the wire. Right. If the Patriots don't win another game, because they're dead even in strength of schedule right now, of teams that they have played. So, I think the bigger question is who's making the pick? Is Bill making the pick? I, that's a great point. It I doesn't. Doesn't really feel like it. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't be shocked either way, honestly. But I think here's a question. Let me throw this at you. Go ahead, go ahead. Because I have AFC biases and stuff. Mm-hmm. If they trade Belichick or whatever it is, is this an attractive job? Um, it's it's an attractive job in the sense that they would hold a top three overall pick, probably a pick that could guarantee them Caleb Williams and Drake May. That's the key. and and like this roster, there's nobody who you really like. Well, you got to hang on to this guy. I mean, mm. if you come in and you're a head coach and you're a general manager, you're probably gonna have free reign to do whatever you want. I don't know. Look, we'll get into the fixture franchise of the Patriots and we'll take a deep dive into their cap, but it would be an attractive job in the sense that this whole operation is basically down to the studs and that's fair. I think you are truly starting from scratch while getting a franchise caliber quarterback in the draft. So that's what makes it attractive. I think what doesn't make it attractive is the fact that the last 20 years, this team has been spoiled with winning. You're, you're trying to follow up the greatest NFL coach of all time in the greatest legacy of those two decades that the Patriots had of all time. And with that is going to come impatience just naturally with where you're at. So that to me would be why it's not attractive, but you do have a lot to play with. And if creativity and having a, you know, an, an empty, oh, what am I trying to say? Not sandcastle. What am I trying to say? Like uh playground, I guess, but I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Somebody's probably yelling at me in their car being like, no, it's this. But and I don't have the I can't bail you out here. I don't speak English. It's a blank canvas. It's a blank canvas. There you go. Blank canvases. That was another one. We got there eventually. Um, Okay, so you're going Drake May at number two for the Patriots. It makes a lot of sense. Um, Cardinals three. This is this is going pretty much chalk to the mock draft that I made over at PFF.com so far. But I'm going with Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, 
I I can't go anywhere. I can't not pick this dude in the top three. I just went over what is his final film eval for um, some shows that we're going to be doing soon. And he might be the highest graded player I've ever scouted. The, The things that he did really well last year going into summer scouting, like he's even better at this year. He separates better with physicality while not extending his hands nearly as much. He's getting more yards after the catch because they're scheming things up for him. And he is proving that that is a good investment because he's become a much better yards after catch type of receiver. His footwork, which was, and his like start and stop ability, which was a little bit slower, but certainly phenomenal relative to how big he was. Now it's like super impressive, regardless of how big he is. I mean, the explosiveness, the releases, how crisp he is, how quick his feet are. Like, it's just insane. You pair that with great vertical speed, the body type, the incredible hands, the spectacular catchability, the high football IQ, the diverse route tree, how he can set you up in so many different ways, how he's so calm, cool, comfortable, and confident beating press coverage. Like, I don't know what this guy is bad at. I don't. And so there are there are other needs that are more dire for the Arizona Cardinals. But nobody helps this team more than Marvin Harrison Jr. would. So I'm taking him at number three. It's a no-brainer right here. He, It's looking like he'll be one of those players for me that out of summer scouting ends up number one on my big board and doesn't ever move. I'm trying to think the last time that happened to me. Man. I, would it be Trevor Lawrence? Probably. Yeah. If you had Lawrence at one. Yeah. I know. I, I'm like blanking right now. But the only other did you have Pitts over Lawrence? No, definitely not. I had Pitts like 12th. Oh. Yeah. Damn. I just went back and looked at this recently because I was like, that was a really weird draft where Damn, did Arthur Smith pay you to say that? <laughs> what do you hate Kyle Pitts? No, I thought that was really high at the time for a tight end. Arthur um, Smith's listening to this podcast. And he's like, see, I told you he's not that good. <laughs> But Arthur Smith took him. <laughs> Arthur Smith took him in the top five. Whatever. Ugh, man. Anyways, yeah, I mean, that this is a no-brainer pick there for Arizona. Mm-hmm. And how fun would it be to watch that offense? Um, oh, it's right. With yeah. Marvin Harrison. He's gonna you know how we always get to the draft and like conversations. It's different for you and I and everybody that listens to this show because they're along for the ride, which is really cool. But one of those really interesting things about doing this job is that you get to, I'll say February now. It used to be March. For a lot of people, it's still March. And like all of football media enters the draft. Mm-hmm. And the conversations are going to be really interesting of people that are like, why wouldn't you just take Marvin Harrison number one or number two overall? Mm-hmm. And there's no denying he is a better, safer prospect. But the draft is not that simple. Yeah, that's going to be. But it's gonna ha- you're gonna hear so. Oh, much we're gonna we're gonna have that conversation because there's gonna be a lot of when the whole yeah. NFL turns its eye to the NFL draft. You're we're gonna have a lot of these conversations, and um, I think that's gonna be something that you know whether it's a mailbag question or what. I think that we'll have the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into um, why you may or may not do that. So, all right, you're up yeah. at number four. March is the best. You'll just get tweets that are like, "Wait till you guys see this Brock Powers kid play." <laughs> Number four. Yeah, you're Washington, right. Wait. <laughs> Washington Commanders. We'll keep waiting, Chief. Yeah, we'll keep waiting. Can't wait to see it. Number four, the Commanders. 
Um, this is pretty easy for me. This is Olu Fashanu. Although I guess there's a really good debate to be had or a healthy debate between him and Joe Alt. I've gotten this question more and more recently, uh, which is which is cool to see. I think it's more praise to Alt than it is a knock on Fashanu because I think both these guys have had great years. And I think I don't know why the phrase praise to all makes me make you laugh, but it is a little weird. <laughs> it is a little weird. I don't know. Just... It sounds very like religious culty. Praise be to all. Yeah, yeah, it does sound very Handmaid's Tale. That's don't be, like that at that's all. Gonna, that's going to be Jets fans if he starts creeping out the board a little bit on uh, draft weekend. I mean, yes. Uh, you know, it's when I get this question, I still think how athletically gifted Fashanu is will give him the edge, mm-hmm. but there's no denying all has a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit more of a power profile in the run game that is intriguing while looking so good in pass pro for a skyscraper. But for Washington, I, I will go with Fashanu. He had a really, really good season after opting not to declare for a draft where he could have been a top eight pick anyway. So really happy for him and for Washington tackles a need. And they are positioning themselves to get one of the top two ones. And that would be a massive upgrade to this roster and to this offense that, you know, we think Sam Howell will probably be running next year, maybe with some competition. But the point is for Washington, get stronger in the trenches around him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that the debate is close. I think these are two very good offensive tackle prospects, but I find myself leaning Fashanu um, basically every time because of, you mentioned the movement skills are just a little bit superior. Freaky. Yeah. Um, number five is Chicago bears are back on the clock again. I gave him Caleb, Caleb Williams to number one. Uh, I gave them uh layout Latu, the edge rusher from UCLA in my written mock over at PFF.com. I think I'm going to pivot that one. Um, just for fun, you know, just for funsies. Cause we're You're out here having it. fun. No, I don't. I don't regret, regret it. No, I don't. I don't no, regret it at all. I kind of just want to see a different scenario play out because if, and we've talked about this here on the show, if you do the same mocks over and over again, that defeats the purpose. Um, you want to see, okay, if my team came on the board here and the board fell like this, what are the options? What do we go with? What's the thought process? Um, so for Chicago, I'm going to take Malik Neighbors at five. Neighbors is somebody who has one of the highest receiving grades in all of college football this year. He's got over 1,500 yards receiving. He is an elite wide receiver when it comes to separation skills. And that is the trait that I covet the most when it comes to receivers. So, look, I know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the unquestioned number one, and I talked about how great he is. We have two more receivers in this class, I would argue, with Malik Neighbors from LSU and Romo Dunze, the wide receiver from Washington, that – could be wide receiver one in other years. And they all three of them just happen to be, we believe, in this upcoming draft class. So I'm I'm going to set up what could potentially be an elite offense for the Chicago Bears with Caleb Williams, a quarterback, uh, Malik Neighbors, a wide receiver. You got DJ um, DJ Moore as well, wide receiver, Cole Komet, who is uh, a serviceable tight end in the receiving game. I think Darnell Mooney's a free agent, so I don't know if they're bringing him back, but like still, man, it, you're just – adding to the arsenal to make sure that your offense is as good as it can be. Um, and so I'm going to go, I'm going to go Malik neighbors here at number five. Uh, it's a pick I've really liked. It's, you know, I was explaining, I went neighbors in my most recent written mock for NBC sports. And I was looking back at my first mock from the summer where I compared him to DJ Moore, And 
I had somebody in my mentions, um, you know, very friendly, just wondering, I think they were a Bears fan wondering like, hey, why would I, you know, why should they go to have two of the same guy? Wouldn't they rather have a Keon Coleman or someone like that to compliment? And the comparison I kind of drew to was when you look at Miami's modern offense, which I know it's, you know, a little bit of a tough one to just rebuild or remake, but the spacing they create with two undersized guys that are just about speed and explosiveness and making plays with the ball in their hands is what's intriguing to me, Trevor. And if the bears go into next year with a different offensive coordinator and a distributor like Caleb Williams and two guys in DJ Moore, and then of course, somebody like Malik neighbors, maybe not the biggest wide receivers, but guys that are so lethal at the quick game because of what they do after the catch and so explosive at the deep game because of what they can do vertically like that's that's a lot of what the modern offenses are you love to have the jump ball above the rim guy but there's nothing wrong with surrounding the field with elite speed and explosiveness i'm all for getting an offense together that can light up a scoreboard and i think that's what they're doing in chicago and i think it's been a long time since they've been able to do that consistently so uh uh i'm all for that move all right you're up next what do you got the Jets at six. Uh, this is very, very easy. This is Joe Alt with this pick. Um, praise be to Alt. Praise, praise Alt. <laughs> so, <laughs> you heard it here first. Praise be to Alt. And boy, would they be, would all, would everybody in that franchise be saying that when this guy walks in and like kind of ducks his head under the doorway? Yeah, that yeah. Big? That's the, um, you, you know that the social team's just going to be like, oh, get that, get that, get that. Yeah, get yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, ah. he's ducking uh, under the tree. He's he's look at it, look at it. They're just gonna do like a bunch of like quick cuts of it. Just like he's just like, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, and like that's gonna here's, be the whole thirty second. Video. Here's ninety seconds of Joe Alt ducking under doorways. And yeah, but like, be, that'd be elite this. content. Be elite I have content. to watch this. If they do that, they owe us money. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we'll take. Uh, we want a licensing deal on that. I think. Yeah, we'll. I look. We'll, we'll take a very cool one percent ownership. Oh, seven percent. Okay, sorry, 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 yes. sorry, 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 sorry. 7%. And we won't Jesus. settle for anything less. You're not going to ever be my agent, that's for sure. <laughs> Damn. 1%. <laughs> Out here owning an NFL team, and he's like, nah, nah, nah. Can't wait till that $3.98 hits my account from my Joe Alt licensing fees. But, but no, seriously, then you look at the line. We'll see what they do with Becton in the offseason. Say hypothetically, you find a bridge deal. Him and Rogers have a really good relationship. I think Becton, uh, the Jets medically kind of know how to handle Becton now. Then you go into the offseason and you could say, okay, our line is going to be Joe Alt at left tackle, like in Tomlinson at left guard, um, Joe Tipman at center, Elijah Beer Tucker at right guard, and Makai Becton at right tackle. That's a wildly different looking unit than what the Jets have had to put on the field this year. And of course, a lot of that is to do with some health questions and not having that tackle depth because Dwayne Brown hasn't worked out, but uh, Joe Walt would be a really big time pick here for the jets. Yeah. makes sense. That one makes, uh, obviously I've, I've it's, it's mocked so an offensive tackle to the jets basically every single time. So, uh, Ooh, somebody, on all Twitter. the dads would be so happy. Like this is a pick that my dad would call me and be like, they really got this one right. Why? Cause it's a Notre Dame offensive lineman. It's a, yeah. It's a, t- it's a tackle. Like it's, <laughs> Right, it's a Notre Dame tackle. He'd be like, "Oh, I mean, yeah. they got it. They got this one right." He bring up Ferguson. Right. Every, uh, yeah, like it's yeah, hundred uh, percent. Somebody on Twitter hit me up earlier today and said, "If the Jets end up getting the number three overall pick, what would you do 
would you draft Marvin Harrison Jr., Oluvashanu, or try to trade back? And I had my answer that I said on Twitter, but really quick, what would do you have an answer? What would your answer be? I would take Marv. Okay, I also said I would take Marv. I would absolutely take. I mean, the idea of Aaron Rodgers throwing to Garrett Wilson and Marvin Harrison. This is that was my exact logic. Like that, you don't have to overthink this because some people be like, "What the line?" And it's like, okay, like <laughs> relax. First off, just take a deep breath because every time the line. Uh, cause I, a couple, like a month ago or whatever, I had them taking Keon Coleman when they were picking later than this. And, you know, people were like, what about the line? And it's, I get it. You should be able to go out and sign one legit veteran starter. They think I've told you this, Trevor, like they think ABT is going to be a tackle next year when they thought they wouldn't be picking this high. So mm-hmm. back to Navy to your tackles, you sign a legitimate guard and Rogers is back. It's like the Jets line. It's not good, but it's amazing how bad inadequate quarterback play can make an offensive line look speaking of inadequate or quarterback play oh the can... new york football giants up oh, at number man. seven better watch your back talking about tommy devito like that you ever see yeah the you're right I, yeah you're right i was gonna draft a quarterback for him here at number seven but uh you're... <laughs> i'm gonna take Jaden daniels i'm gonna do it whoa yeah yeah wow i'm gonna i'm gonna take Jaden daniels at seven we are um, about to have a conversation Daniels best player in college football this past year. I mean, the way that he has gotten better year after year after year, 2022, he clearly went into it saying, I don't want to turn the ball over. And he, I was wildly successful at making sure that he was a much better decision maker this year. He um, really tried to take those lessons and then also make sure that he was able to push the ball down the field a lot more. And it's a Heisman trophy winning campaign season. The, it, I'm not saying the dude is perfect, but what he brings to the table is so alluring. And it's it's just so much of what you would want. And I maybe I am sipping the in-season Kool-Aid from him, but I watch him every single week. And whether it's those fade balls from the slot that he hits or when he could take off and run with it or the fact that I watch him now go through multiple cr- progressions time and time again, unlike I saw from him at Arizona State and even last year from LSU, it is the continued growth and maturity from Jaden Daniels year after year after year that makes me believe that what you are drafting right now is not even the final product of him and the talent that he brings from an arm strength perspective, obviously what he is as a weapon with his legs as well. Um I'm not a big Daniel Jones believer. So you got a chance to go take a quarterback that's extremely talented. You go do it. So I'm taking Daniels here at seven. I don't think Brian Dable is either. So I'm curious to see what the Giants do here. I can see the Giants talking themselves into JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels. I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios here. I can see them taking Roma Dunze. And I almost gave them room. Yeah. If I if I was not giving them Daniels, because I do think that this high of a pick is rich for Daniels. I did. That's yeah. At I was this point get in there. time, but it's like, you know, if I'm doing a mock draft format and I'm sitting here and it's like, ah, uh, you know, I'd probably be comfortable picking Jaden Daniels in like the middle of the first round or something. It's like, dude, it doesn't look, it doesn't work out like that. Do you need a quarterback or do you not? And that's the issue. I think that he's supremely talented. So I don't know if he ends up going this high, but for a mock draft exercise where he has been yeah. having an unbelievable year and where the Giants, it feels like they need to move on from Daniel Jones, um, even when he's healthy. 
Yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm not here yet with Daniels, but I, I, you're 100% right on. Like, you just, if you like the quarterback, it doesn't matter where you pick, you take the quarterback. All right, you're up at eight. Eight for the Titans. Man, they're another one of those teams that they really need offensive line help. I've said before how much I like the fit with Brock Bowers here, but I'm going to play it safe and go with offensive line in this spot. Uh, and I'm going to go with Talis Fuaga, who, I mean, hulking right tackle, mm-hmm. total people My mover, man. total people mover in the run game, and really fits what Vrabel wants the identity of this team to be. I, I think he warrants a top 10 selection at this point, too. It's it's definitely the value of his position. And, you know, some people think, you know, JC Latham here, uh, Amarius Mims, like there's a lot of high end offensive line talent. I think when you just go over, though, the tape from this year, I think it's hard to get away from Fuaga, just what he was able to put out on tape week after week this year. You know, I agree. Yeah, I like Fuaga a lot. I think he's a I think he's a a, a first round caliber player. I don't know if he goes top 10. We'll see. Right, We'll see. But Testing will be the big hurdle for him. Probably. You mentioned offensive tackle. It's a it's it's a premium position. So it it's right. always a you could always pick an offensive tackle here and it's not like a lot of people are going to be mad at you for it new orleans saints picking at number nine this is such a frustrating team um oh yeah they spot the detroit lions 21 points within the first eight minutes of the game and then this past week and then basically claw back and actually make it a decent football game they end up losing ultimately but you go god if you didn't spot them three touchdowns maybe you come away with the victory so I just cannot see at five and seven now. I, I cannot see them continuing to kick the can down the road, thinking that this group is worth putting off the money and the salary cap and the dead cap hits and all of that. Just another season. I just I, I I can't believe that. So I think that the Saints are in for a, some sort of a hard reset this upcoming season. I don't know if that means you can get rid of Derek Carr. I don't think it does. The last time I looked at his contract, but. I think there are a lot of other things that you can do on that roster to uh, to kind of start to move on. The thing for me is, we've talked about this before on the show, defensive line or offensive tackle. I lean offensive tackle. I don't know if they're ready to give up on those guys yet, but I also don't know if this coaching staff is even coaching this team next year for how disappointing that this yeah. is. I'll go offensive tackle as well. I'll go J.C. Latham, too. He's played right tackle throughout his time at Alabama. Um, I wonder if he could play left, but I think that he is somebody who who just is a starting caliber offensive tackle no matter what. And he's giant. He's 360 pounds, and when he gets you in between the shoulder pads, it's basically game over. You can't move from him. With his size, sheer size, he's, he's just a natural people mover. He can hold up and he can move some bodies in single blocking situations. And then in like combo blocking situations, I mean, it's just road graders out there. So I think that, that his sheer size and the type of mover that he is at 360 pounds, the Saints are going to gravitate towards that anyways, whether it's the same coaching staff or not. So I'm going to go Latham. I'll go with Latham here for the Saints. Yeah, he's got those meat hooks that he could really dump. Meat hooks. It's, it's something else to watch. All right, so you go with Latham to the Saints. The tackle run is obviously on. We have four going to the top 10. The Bucks at 10. Oh, man, the Bucks at 10. This is one of those that you can't be wrong with multiple 
top players their position in this spot. I think I land on Layatu Latu, Trevor. The correct choice. Ah, you love to hear it. Because, I mean, listen, Brock Bowers is probably the best overall player on the board. You could sit here and say, you know, hey, is there a quarterback that they're going to try to develop? Maybe they bring back Baker, but they also draft Knicks or Penix or McCarthy or whoever it may be. But at this spot, you, you they really need talent if they're picking this high. And, and Latu plays a premium position. He's a gifted pass rusher. And honestly, getting him at 10 is even a little bit of value in my eyes. I think he's the best edge rusher in the draft. Um, You know, I think that there's, I, I don't know, there's going to be better athletes in the class. Like, I think sure. Dallas Turner is a better athlete. Chop. Um, I think Chop Robinson's a better. And when I say that, I just probably mean, like, explosiveness. But, God, I mean, the, just, the dude's a pass rush artist. I, I don't think you can argue with the production that he has been able to put up over the last couple of years a pass rush win percentage above 20 in each of the last two years, elite pass rushing grade over the last two years. He's just had some absolute takeover performances in college football. So yeah, maybe not. This just like rare slam dunk athlete. And if he was, if he was that rare slam dunk athlete with the production that he's had, he's basically going top three. Yeah. You know, like guys like this don't get out of the top three with what he has been able to do. So I still think that he is absolutely a top 10 pick. And this is the right one for Tampa Bay. I believe. Raiders are on the clock here at now at number 11. DB is a common one here. Defensive line, obviously, like I think they can go Jerzon Newton and they would like that too. Man, I did this in my written mock and I I, I really like it. I want to give him Odunze. I want I, I want them to have Devontae Adams and Romo. I was gonna say, that's are you gonna me. trade Devontae? No, and Jacoby but I, Myers is a big part of this offense, dude. He's 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 an underrated player. Am I sleeping on him? Yeah, I think so. But it's not a big enough reason to not draft Roma Dunze. That's not what I'm saying because your 11 personnel with those three is just stupid good. But it's wow, wow that's Hunter Renfro slander. Yeah, it is. Nobody slandered Hunter Renfro more this year than his own team. Mm. Dude is written off Geno style. <laughs> My God. Anyway, man, they need obviously corner. Yeah, I don't like one here, though. I don't either. I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go Newton. No, what? Go with Rome. No, I'm sad about it. No, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. You ruined I the mock. I, I actually did. I ruined you the ruined vibes. The you know, Emperor's New Groove, the Disney movie, where he's just like, oh, you threw off my groove. And then they just like throw the guy like out of the out of the building. I like how quickly you went to that reference. I have never heard of this. Wait, you've never heard of what? The Emperor's Groove? You've never seen Emperor's New Groove? No, dude. This the is Emperor's, Emperor's New Oh, it's groove. an old movie. The Emperor's New Groove is a top three Disney movie. 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Full stop. Wow, I'm sleeping. This is this is a top oh, three. Oh, maybe Disney. I have. This looks wildly familiar. You've probably seen clips of it. Yeah, I've definitely loaded. seen this. I recognize all the characters in the Google images. Yeah. Okay. Kronk's like a, one of the greatest cartoon movie characters of all time. Okay, I I take it back. I'm I'm embarrassed. All right. Anyways, 
You threw off my groove, but now it's back on because we were talking about that movie and I got happy again. Jerzon Newton actually would be a fantastic selection for yeah. the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they need help on the interior defensive line. We kind of walk through it, though. Those are the options that I think of. Interior defensive line, if Newton's on the board, if he's not, probably not thinking about it for them. Um, I don't really think there's another caliber interior defensive lineman that you would want certainly this high in the draft in the top 12. Corner could definitely go for it if you love a corner in this draft this much. I think this is basically like very beginning of when you would start to pick these guys. Um, or if you wanted to get fun with an offensive addition, Romo Dunze, but we'll keep Odunze on the board and I'll go with Jerzon Newton here for them at 11. All right, that brings us to the Chargers at 11. 12. 12, 12. The Chargers picking at 12. Just wild to me. They stink. But yeah, but they shouldn't. We say this every week, but so, but they do. (laughs) I mean, this is a team right now. They're so weird to handle when you look at the weapons and why I say that is Mike Williams is out for the year. Keenan Allen is still incredible. Austin Eckler is clearly hurt. I mean, he's not even like 50% of himself and he's, he's going to be a free agent after this year. Yeah. It's really early on Quentin Johnston. But let's just say it's been a really disappointing rookie season. Extremely. I mean, it took Josh Palmer being on the IR for them to be like, okay, we got to put Quentin Johnson out there. And you see why they're so reluctant. But there's part of me here, Trevor, with all of those investments in weapons that feels like they could still use a Brock Bowers in this pick. Honestly, they like, like once again, I, I don't you don't know. Well, Everett's probably gone. Everett's probably gone. It's He's not like Keenan Allen, as great as he is, is 25. I mean, he's going to be 32 next year. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams, this was the big injury this year. But he's always had little things week to week. Like it was whether it was a back, whether every week it was like, ah, hey, he's not practicing Wednesday and Thursday. He's going to be. 30 early next season. Damn, I can talk by already 30. He's 29. He turns 30 next October 4th. I know it goes quick. I'm old. Yeah. And you're telling me I, I could talk myself into Brock Bowers with this pick. He's a very unique weapon. I think that it's one of those things. Once again, too, where he can make you play a little tougher. Like the chargers are one of those teams that I'd like to see them play a little bit more sandpaper-ish at times, get the run game going, play heavy, throw to Bowers and uh, on manufactured touches and let him get working downhill, with the ball in his hands. I, I would go Brock Bowers in this spot just because I think he's the best player on the board, and I think he does significantly upgrade every aspect of this offense. Look, you don't really have to convince me too hard on a Brock Bowers pick. I think he's good for basically every team in the NFL. Yeah, that's the easy part. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to sell me too much on that. So I won't push back on you. Bengals at 13. I was man has not fallen well for the Bengals here at 13. No. Four tackles off the board, Brock Bowers off the board, Jerzon Newton off the board. That was that's basically the big board. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, trade the pick. Amarius, yeah, I, I think you probably entertain trading down. No, I, I, you brought up Mims. That's interesting to me. Yeah, I, I, Mims, admit, I think that's very interesting. I think Mims makes a ton of sense. If you move on from Higgins, 
if you're not franchise tagging him, Odunze is on the board here. Right. And that'd be sick to have Jamar Chase and Romo Odunze. Joe Burrow would feast on secondaries. Do they have the money to do that? Because Jonah Williams is also a free agent. So they like for sure letting Jonah Williams walk and they're gonna tag yeah. T. That's a, I think that's what you have to do. I feel like Williams has been playing better lately. Could but just be Huffing paint there, but it's T. Higgins. Here's my take. I don't expect Roma Dunze to be as good as T. Higgins is. I know that's a little that's a little hot. Mm. I don't. Um, I think T is really good. Yeah. I think Rome is there. I think Rome's gonna be there. Man. I think maybe. I think Rome's pretty sick. Um, all right. He could so, be sick. T. Higgins is a sick NFL player. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like Yeah, he's sick. He's turning. I have a boat. Killed. But what if I trade this boat in <laughs> and get a ticket that could become a boat? Yeah, classic family guy. All right, then where are we going here with the Bengals? No, don't let listen. Your your adventure. I'm just here to be like a little bit of a curmudgeon. Choose or, your own adventure. I guess I'm taking Mims in. Which I I'm I feel like it's I sounds like I'm settling and that's I'm not he's he's a great prospect but you're furious about it all right we're taking Amir you hate Mims. the pick just pick at fourteen shut up <laughs> he's disgusted with Amarius Mims of the Bengals at thirteen <laughs> you ruined you ruined the Jerzon Newton pick for me and then you, I ruined your you next ruined one. the so, so all right you ruined the Jerzon Newton pick for me with vibes. You then ruined the Bengals pick by picking Brock Bowers one selection ahead of you <laughs> for me. Sure and then when I was just asking for a lifeline, the Titanic is sinking. <laughs> Let me on the on the, on the door out of the Titanic. You just yeah, you let me you, fall. You're kind of holding on to the railing as it was split, you, and I just kind of plucked your fingers up. <laughs> you, you you rose you rose to me from the from the, from the Titanic. You let it's me funny because when I said Brock Bowers, I was pretty excited about the pick. And I saw like everything go through your head, like emotions. Like, just I like you, you were like, oh shit, now I have to make a different pick. <laughs> now I got to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. You're up at 14 for the, for the 14 movie. for the Bills. Yeah. Another one of those where you just like, how are we, how did we get here with the Bills? I mean, this is pretty easy position wise for me. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking edge pass rusher. There's okay. even before Von Miller's arrest, I could make the argument. Now I don't even have to. The question is which pass rusher, really, in my opinion. Do you go with somebody that can play a little heavier, like Jared Verse? Do you go with somebody that's a little bit more explosive but lacks consistency in Chop Robinson? Or do you go with a guy in Dallas Turner that I think has a little bit of versatility for an edge guy? With the Bills for me, I'm going to go with Verse because that knockback power up front, like the, the Bills are a cold weather city, yet sometimes they play like a team. They play like a warm, like a dome team sometimes. And I know it's a really weird, cliche-ish thing to go down, but there's times I watch the Bills and I'm like, they don't play like you would think. And I think verse gives them a little bit of that uh, just tougher game. 
Mm-hmm. It's just a tougher game. Like he, heavy uh, hands. He, his physicality, man. Physicality I mean, yeah. sets the edge, can speak convert speed to power. He's not giving up anything as a pass rusher, but I just think he can also play heavier on earlier downs. So that's where I land on verse for Buffalo. So we've got the um Denver Broncos next at 15. This one's interesting. I think dude McMillian's been awesome at corner. So I'm not going to take corner for them. I know corner has been a consistent like mock drafted position for them, but I'm not going to do it with corner. I'm looking at wide receiver edge rusher, but I think that Cooper and Browning have also been like, all right, at edge rusher lately. And they've got Nick Benito who they drafted as well. They could go with an interior guy, but unless it's yours on Newton, I'm probably not picking a dude in the first round who's like that. So then it brings me to wide receiver, but are they going to get rid of Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy or both just to then draft one in the first round? Eh, maybe not unless it's just disgruntled relationships and they don't really want those guys anyways. That one still makes the most sense to me though, because Odunze is still here. I like Odunze a lot and I'm going to take him for Denver at 15. So just kind of walked you guys through the process of how I got there, but any Denver fans who are watching and listening to this, let us know if uh, if if you would have gone a different way. I'm ultimately going to land on a dude's day, though. Yeah, and I think you we've wondered at times the long term outlook of some of their wide receivers. So I don't I've, I don't think that's crazy. Sixteen Seattle Seahawks, another team that oh man, it feels like they've they've taken a little bit of a step back in certain areas this year i know they've been banged up on the offensive line i think that it's a little too early for a safety although i really think they need a safety like i would imagine they were eager to get out of that jamal adams money when they can um you know they obviously got a home run pick and a guy like witherspoon i'm sure they like Tariq woolen as a starter yeah they're good there i think they've they've turned they've had some risers this year up front with their edge group that i'm not Thinking like, oh, you got to get an edge here. Well, you trade for Leonard Williams. It's good. Yep. You got Boye Mafe who's playing better. It's good. Exactly. Yeah. You drafted JSN last year. So you're not looking because we've had wide receiver talent fall here. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm going to take Troy Fountain now here. Okay. Local, local pick. Wow. Local. Yeah. 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 Discount. And I've liked what I've seen from, uh, some of the run blocking of Anthony Bradford, that's no surprise when you watch his LSU tape last year. But I still think they need this is the guy that I really in my heart think could end up playing any offensive line position. He's just that talented and he's a little bit of a tweener when you look at the lack of length. So while 16 might seem early, I, I'd rather beef up my line and get a guy that could probably move up and down the offensive line in fact now that they're gonna know pretty well having him in their backyard and you watch them against Oregon, Trevor. Some of the blocks he made, this dude just, he's, oh, an ass, he's both an ass a, kicker, dude. Two of um, Dylan Johnson's touchdowns. This guy's paving were, the way. Yeah, they, they were right behind Troy Fountain, and that's on purpose. So you're not going to hear me push back on uh, on good offensive line prospects, even ones who, okay, like, all right, maybe he's an interior guy. Hey, that feels like it's where Seattle needs uh, help the most anyway. So you're just getting a good offensive line, and I'm never going to push back too far on that. Um, everybody knows this time of year, it's all about getting your checklists set, you know, the routines, getting you into your rhythm. But the most important thing on that checklist should always be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. It was designed by parents for parents to help get you high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance in less than 10 minutes. They got flexible policies that fit your family's budget, 
like quality policies, like ones for a million dollars in coverage that are just less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes, and then you can apply when it is convenient for you all online into your schedule. You can go from start to cover it in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That's meetfabric.com, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices are subject to underwriting and health questions. So I'm up now with the Los Angeles Rams staying in the NFC West division. Could go quarterback. God, Matthew Stafford's playing good when he's healthy, though. Oh, man. Could go corner. I like corner as well. Or edge. Man. I think Wiggins is going to be their kind of a corner. I can see that. I think they're going to want Wiggins. You move on from Jalen Ramsey last year. You trade him last offseason. You're still looking for that corner that could be that go that CB one for them, like pairing an edge rusher with by with Byron Young, but maybe if Jared Verse was here, like that a little bit more because he could be a heavy handed, more five technique guy where Byron Young can be more of that explosive stand up outside rusher. I think I'm gonna go Wiggins. I think okay, I think I'm gonna go Wiggins here. I think he's their flavor of corner. And I think they're going to be looking for it. So we'll go Wiggins here, the corner from Clemson. Longer dude, six foot two. He's got the length. He's got that man coverage mentality. Loves to get in your face and play press. He's got fantastic ball skills, great closing speed. Movement skills are probably the best of this cornerback class, at least for the guys who are at the very top. Issues kind of come with some lack of strength. He's slender. He's about 185 pounds. So when it comes to like tackling and run defense, sometimes it, he struggles a little bit there, but the rest of it, man, th- those cover abilities, yeah, he might be the best in the class for that. AT and the Cardinals, they got Marvin Harrison Jr. with the third overall pick. Now, kind of thinking to look in the trenches here. They're another team that could use a corner, honestly. It wouldn't have been wild to consider Nate Wiggins in this spot either. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately, I'm going to go with talent and take Chop Robinson here. Okay, and, and I know Car- the Cardinals have some young pass rushing talent. But yeah, I, but edge is not a bit right. You you could have a stable of four, and it's it doesn't always feel like enough. So, yeah, Chop Robinson for me. This defense just needs to it needs more talent. I, I think at times they've even played above their weight this year, where it's like, man, it's, it's they've hung around in games, but you could see that it just needs more blue chip talent. And at eighteen, I'll bet on Chop's athletic profile as a rusher and that he can really mold into a more consistent player because his best, like his best reps as a pass rusher in this class are as good as you'll ever see. He's really boomer bust right now, which is worrisome, but he's got three games where his pass rush win percentage was above 30 and two of those games it was above 40 (laughs) so was the michigan game one of them uh i would have to look it up i I, I thought he looked really good against michigan and that that was impressive to me he did have some really nice reps in that game i can't remember if that was one of the 30 or 40 games but um yeah he's you start getting some more consistency out of those top end reps and you're talking about a major difference maker probably the the twitchiest pass rusher that we have in this class and you know we won't go too far to talk about another twitchy athletic explosive pass rusher 
for the Falcons here at number 19, I'm going to give him Dallas Turner for, from Alabama. Turner has been one of the highest pass rush production players that we've had this past year. He's got a lot of total pressures, a lot of backfield production. He's put on weight. Alabama, I don't know if you noticed this, Connor, but Alabama has him listed at a heavier weight now. Interesting. So remember, the, to start the season, he was listed at 242. And he looked every bit of it, maybe less, at to- now, at last year's tape. Okay, la- no, last year's tape, I would have told you he probably would have been high 230s. That's a, He looked like the smallest player in the front seven every time. This year, they had him listed at 242. And when Alabama started to play this season, I went, that dude's bigger. Like he put, like right. he, he actually put on weight, noticeable weight. They now have him listed at 252. So they're giving him the Will Anderson plan, right? Where Will Anderson said, yeah, there was a time when I was at Alabama, I was playing kind of like 240-ish, but for the combine, he beefed up a bunch. So he's going with the Will Anderson weight game plan, which I need to get on. You know, send me the macros. Let me know what the calorie count is. But him being bigger, him being stronger, that was a big part of his scouting report and what we talked about from him going from summer scouting, becoming a more well-rounded prospect. I think he has. I think you're seeing the fruits of that uh, here this season. So I'm going to go with Dallas Turner to the Falcons, a team that really needs a young edge rusher to to kind of like fortify that line and what they're going to be with additions moving forward. 20 Green Bay. I'm looking at DB for them in this spot. I, the tackles didn't fall right. For them, they've been winning a lot of games. Jordan Love's been playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a world where they they even reach on tackle a little bit here. It feels like Bakhtiari, it, it could be over there. We'll see. But I'm going to go with Cooper DeGene in this spot. Okay. A, a guy that I think you can move around on the back end, and I yeah. think that'll, that'll really fit what Green Bay needs. He's got ball skills. He could tackle. He's a great special teams guy, like elite return man at times. He's just He's a great football player, and I think at 20 – Green Bay would use that kind of versatility on their secondary. I like the gene a lot for the Packers specifically because obviously there's kind of the, the, the talks of, is he a safety? Is he a corner? Um, even if he is a safety, that is very valuable to the Packers. secondary. Right. So I think that he is a great ad, no matter which position he's ultimately going to end up with in the NFL. I think I'm leaning safety now for the Okay. But that's really just because I've thought about it a lot more. I got to go back and, and obviously I'm, we're doing rechecks over the next yep. couple of months, but I think I'm leaning safety for him because his best attributes are. Hawking um, and zone coverage. Yeah. Basically like how yeah. he deals with space, uh, anticipation and ball skills. I mean, you get a lot of that. You get, you get to play to your strengths a lot when you play that safety spot for him. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning in that direction. Minnesota Vikings. Again, staying in the division here at number 21. To me, it's got to be quarterback. It has to be. It's kind of like pick your flavor here. We got three off the board. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. All three of those guys are off the board. I'll stay true to my rankings with who I have next, which is Bo Nix from Oregon. Um, I think that when people look at Nix, yes, certainly the offense makes things pretty easy for him. He has less than 40% of his passing yards uh, have come from air yards, which means a lot of work comes from yards after the catch. It's a much shorter uh, average depth of target. His average depth of target is below seven this year, but 
His play under pressure has been fantastic. He's still a really good decision maker. And there are certainly moments we saw in that Washington game where, man, he's hitting a whole shot between cover two with confidence and pace. And that ball's going exactly where it needs to go. And, man, I just think that he has so many NFL tools. And a a guy like Kevin O'Connell can work wonders from, I think, what Bo Nix brings to the table. So, Nick's would be next on my board. He would be QB four. So I'm going to go with Nick's here um, to the Vikings at 21. And finally this year, he beats Michael Penix at something. What? Getting drafted. Okay. All right. Couldn't beat him twice on the field. So. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. 22 Indianapolis. Michael on. Penix is from Tampa. Okay. Don't do this to me. All right. Don't make it seem like I'm like not on the side of Michael Penix. Michael Penix is a local Tampa Bay area <laughs> legend. Don't do that to me. Yeah, You're just trying to push him to you in the second round. Bucks exactly. pick up 42 in the second exactly. round. Hell yeah, baby. Man, crazier things have happened. 22, the Colts. Uh, I just want to start this by saying Shane Steichen should win coach of the year. Dude, he's, I think so he's good. I think he's plus 800. He's like fourth or fifth on the odds list. I, I'm blown away by what he's done. Uh, for the Colts here, plenty of needs. Offensive line playing much better this year. Goes to show you what coaching can do. Shout out to Bernard Raymond. Some player development. You actually love to see that. Man, it's weird, Trevor, because I was I was was pretty big on Bernard Raymond. So this is that that makes it makes me very happy that he is uh, playing well. Yeah, playing well. He he always need development. Like he was never a plug and play player. He was somebody who I watched him and I was like, I like the tools here. Right. I really do. Late bloomer to playing football. I can't remember exactly where I had him. Yeah, I need to go back and look as well. Um, So for the Colts in this spot. I mean, they have some pieces at pass catcher with Pittman and Downs. I would think they look to add to their defense here. I'm kind of leaning Kool-Aid McKinstry in this spot. I want to look at their corner room one time. I mean, I know how good they are in the slot. You know, with Kenny, Kenny Moore in that spot. I have Bernard Raymond 40th overall in 2022, baby. Let's go. Hell yeah. OT4. Let's go, baby. That's a nice hit. Never wrong, just early. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. I had a second round grade on him. All right. But right there. So you were right there. I was. Let's see where I had him. I don't think I had him as high as you. I'm going to have to take the L. I mean, he spells his name weird. That's right. Yeah. 48th. I'll take it. Nice. Could be worse. Yeah. I had him over Trevor Penning, by the way. Let the record show. That's. Let that show. You love to see that. Let the record freaking show. So I'll I make a pick. I had, for the I, had Tyler, I had Tyler Smith and Bernard Raymond over over Trevor. Penn. I definitely had Tyler Smith over both of them. I loved him. Yeah, um, I, I hope the Cowboys keep him at guard. By the way, player, but good football player. Colts. I'm going to go Kool Aid McKinstry. Physical oh, corner. Okay. All right. Yeah, physical corner. I think he could start right away. I think that'll help round out their secondary. Uh, it feels like a very Chris Ballard type of selection as well. Damn, way so. to screw me over. That I really was, am. I'm kind of sniping you left. You and right really are. Draft. And I, I really that am not big. even looking ahead to who's next when I'm doing it. I mean, Cooley McKintry could not be more of a stealer. Yep. Yeah, that's a tough one for you. They need a corner really badly. Uh, man. Yeah, this is this is not good for you. This did not work out in your favor. Yeah, because the one wide receiver that we have amongst the group that is left is um, Keon Coleman. Right. And Keon Coleman's 
kind of like George Pickens. 100%. So do you, are, do you want just these two pissed off alphas? I mean, now that I'm saying it out yeah, loud. Yeah, not, the Steelers probably do. Yeah, that's uh, that's not actually the worst thing. I, you know, now I'm thinking about Imagine it. Imagine staring Mike Tomlin in the face during draft meetings. You know, we really like Keon Coleman. We think we need a receiver, but like, we don't want two pissed off alphas in the room. And he's like, what did you just say to me? Take that kid. I actually might go Keon Coleman here. I mean, I, hmm. I mean, I could go interior line. I guess I could go safety. Like safety probably makes more sense, right? Yeah. Because you got Minka. You need another one. Newbin and Kinchins are right here. I'll go Kinchins. I'll go. I'll, I'll go Cameron Kinchins. I'll give him the DB. I think that I think they needed it. Okay. Texans on the clock at 24. This is the Browns first round selection mm-hmm. that the Texans are making the pick here. Man, how things have changed for the Texans, right? You look at how in a, Nico in a great way. Yeah, right. Like Nico Collins, his rapport with CJ Stroud. I know tank Dell is out for the year now, but how good tank looked in this offense. There's so many things going the right way for the Texans. Where for so long I would have been like, man, they got to take a wide receiver here, and I don't feel that way anymore. Now the question is, you know, where do they go from here? They've gotten good play recently from their corners. Um, Stingley, I'd give, I'd give them Coleman, unless you unless you're just lower on but, Coleman. But isn't that Nico Collins? I think people are really missing what Nico Collins is doing. Yeah, right but now. what's Collins' contract? That's fair. It's probably towards the end of it. Noah Brown's, I think, also a free agent. Yeah. Um. He is okay. So he's got one more year left on his. Yeah. Record. So you got to keep Nico him. does. Yeah. I, it's just hard for me now. This is a yeah, scenario but where De- yeah, but like uh, if Tank Dell's missing time, if you don't resign Noah Brown, like you, you need could, more than just one wide receiver. I know. Are we just are we just think John Mechie just isn't going to have it? Oh yeah, I forgot that they have Mechie. I know it's sad, but because they have Robert Woods too. But mm. actually, here's one for you: you don't have to force wide receiver here because it's deep wide receiver class, anyways. George Fant's a free agent after this deal. He's played a good right tackle for them. I kind of wonder, even if you can bring him back, do you get ahead of the curve here and start getting some depth for your offensive line? All right, because you always have to protect Stroud. Yeah, Stroud is lethal now, for sure. Lethal when he's kept clean. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm going to go Jordan Morgan here because I feel like with Morgan, your boy, my boy, I could kick him inside to get him on the field if I had to. So I'm going to go Jordan Morgan here. He's actually a little similar to George Fant, which is really interesting. We got Kansas City Chiefs up next final stretch here this mock draft but i gotta remind the good people that this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at prize picks prize picks is the daily fantasy sports platform where you take anywhere from two to six entries pair it all together obviously you throw more entries in there you can win more times your money we have an official nflse monday night football play so just to give you guys an example of what we're talking about here oh who put this in who put this in here did Eli do this one? One of our producers, Eli, might have done this one. All right, so we we got to we got to keep track to see if this hits. 
Evan Ingram, more than 42 and a half receiving yards. Travis Etienne, more than 0.5 passing plus rushing plus receiving touchdowns. So any, any touchdown for Travis Etienne. And then Etienne, more than 86 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I kind of like this one. The Evan Ingram one might get a little squirrely. I kind of like this one. We might we might be st- we might be starting the week off on a heater here. We got to check back in on it. Price week's a lot of fun though. If you're if you've never done it or you're new to it, um, it's a really fun way to get some skin into the game. Plus, if you are into more than just football, with basketball season here as well, you can combo projection picks across both football and basketball in the special picks league. For example, you can do LeBron James or Travis Kelsey, ten and a half combined three-pointers made, and receptions had. So it's like a cool way to, if you think that you see uh, a, a line that you can exploit or that you just love from different sports, you can put one entry in on them and you can do a little combo bets there. So that's a lot, That's a, a fun thing to do. Price Picks also has a reboot policy, which is really cool, exclusive to them, that your entries stay in play even if your player gets injured. For football or basketball, if you got a player who exits the game in the first half, doesn't return from the second, that player is automatically rebooted for your bet. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy. So go to pricepicks.com backslash NFLSE. Use the promo code NFLSE for your first deposit match up to $100. It's a free $100 to play with, guys. Come on, what are you waiting for? Pricepicks.com NFLSE. Use the promo code NFLSE for that first deposit match up to $100. Kansas City Chiefs are on the board, and oh, baby, it's a gold mine. Oh, they just, they hit it big. They found the other side of the rainbow here. This team needs wide receiver, and we got a Mecca We got Keon Coleman. We got A.D. Mitchell. We got Xavier Leggett. We got Xavier Worthy. We got Jalen Polk. We got any wide receiver you could possibly want here for them. <sighs> I think I'll go Coleman. I like the idea of a contested catch guy. Yeah even though he hasn't actually been as consistently reliable at contested catches as I, you know, like he was at the beginning of the year. He cooled off a little. He did. Still at 25, Patrick Mahomes is going to make this dude a stud. We're going with right. Keenan Coleman at 25. We're not going to overthink it. We're running it in. You're up at 26. Jacksonville, a couple different ways they can go here. I think this offensive line needs help. I'm going to go with Graham Barton. Okay, we think, he, we think he's kicking inside, Trevor. That's his best long-term home. Probably. I yeah. think that means he gets to start for Jacksonville right away. I think it makes the protection in front of Trevor Lawrence just hasn't been good enough this year, in my eyes. Well, as this podcast will be releasing, you know, it'll be Monday Night Football. Did you know that the Jags are playing on Monday Night Football for the first time since 2011? No. 2011. Wow. So they must always have just. Teams always have to have a primetime game. They just threw them on Thursday night forever. Well, that's the joke, right? Thursday yeah. night football was always Jags versus somebody, and it was ass. Like the Yeah, game was that terrible. was always like the when you needed a low-hanging fruit reference of a bad game. Right. Good for yeah. Jacksonville. It sucks that it's not Lawrence or Spurrow, though. Talk about taking the – the primetime games got robbed of all the quarterback matchups this year. It does stink. It does really stink. But, yeah, I think, you know, safety could be in the conversation for Jacksonville – um although, i thought about newbin but yeah but i think that's a lot less now like edge rusher i think is actually a bigger like Braylon trice is on the board i, I thought, thought about him trice but not that graham barton's a bad pick just kind of like talking through it trice dude i didn't realize this since week nine he has 
49 pressures. So this is the last six weeks of college football. He has 49 pressures. That's 12 more than Jared Verse, who is in second place. Dude, he he forklifted the Oregon left tackle. Yes. That's it insane. Was 12 it was, more? It was wild. Wild indeed. Uh, okay, so yeah, those are some Jags thoughts. But Dallas Cowboys at 27. You know, I thought corner would have been a potential need for him, but yeah. Theron Bland's going to win MVP at this point. So, um, new Trayvon Diggs. New Trayvon Diggs. So they have, so now they have old Trayvon Diggs and new Trayvon Diggs. Crazy. So they don't need a corner. Um, O line, maybe. You know, Terrence Steele is not playing very well. Tyron Smith's getting up there in age. You can move Tyler Smith into one of those spots if you want, but he's playing really well at guard right now. So you don't, yeah, if you don't want to mess that up, you probably keep him at guard. I think I might go Trice here. Maybe JT Tui Maloa as well, but I've got Trice a lot higher. I think I like defensive line. I think I like pass rusher the most. Am I forgetting somebody on Dallas's line? I don't think I am. I don't think so. No, because it's obviously Parsons, but you want more than just him. I'm not going to pick a center. I'm not going to pick an interior offensive lineman. I mean, yeah, we'll go Trice. Let's throw another. I just talked about how fantastic that he has been disrupting a pocket i mean he I, he plays with so much power he's a speed to power artist and anytime you have that kind of chaos it demands multiple bodies that are taking a look at him because he bowl guys over even at the nfl level so we'll go dr- braylon trice here the edge rusher from washington for the dallas cowboys lions at 28 man does this defense need help they really really do um especially oh, that would have been, been a good pick for them mm-hmm. yeah it would have get a pass rusher across from Aiden Hutchinson for sure. Tough, tough, tough. You finally got me. Yeah, tough. I mean, I, I would need <laughs> corner or safety. I, I don't. I'm not going to go safety. I like Brian Branch. I know he's really a, a nickel, but the corner conversation here is kind of interesting between Terran Arnold, Kalen King. Kamari Lassiter. Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. Yeah, I'm not like ready to lock him into round one yet, though. His production is just nuts. I know, but it was nuts last year, too. And then you turn on the tape and you're like, okay, there's he's he's exciting. But I think these other bigger school players are are better right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with King. And I know people have cooled on him. He had the tough game against Ohio State. I still think his really good tape heavily outweighs the bad. I know he's a little undersized, but he's very twitchy. He can mirror wide receivers. He plays with an edge. This is what the Lions are missing in their cornerback room right now. The Niners are up right now. I'd like to go O-line for them. They they need the offensive line help. They I know, really I do. know, but who am I going to pick? Patrick Paul is the only guy who's That's, like left in the conversation. I know it's crazy. And I'd rather give them Terry on Arnold. I have Terry on Arnold ranked way higher than I have Patrick Paul. That's fair. So That's I'd rather fair. give him a corner. Yeah. I think that happened to me. My last written one, same scenario. 
And I'm going to go Arnold. Arnold's yeah. been very, very impressive. You know, I yeah. talk about Nate Wiggins maybe has the best sticky coverage athleticism in the class. If 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 it's not Wiggins, it's probably Terry and Arnold. I mean, this dude can run routes for receivers better than the receivers do. And uh, he's only getting better. As the year has gone on, he has only gotten better. Extremely high ball production with forcing completions and interceptions as well. I think he's got five interceptions on the season. I think he's just only getting better, and, and he'd be a phenomenal football player. So rather than reach for the tackle, I'm going to go Terry on Arnold here for the for the Niners. 30 for the Ravens. I'm going to go a little surprise pick here. I'm going to go with Troy Franklin from Oregon. Get them speed. We don't know if Odell's going to be back next year. They need a burner. This guy wins over the top all the time. He is such a threat in this Oregon offense. And this pick for me was wide receiver all the way. I mean, and I, I thought about a lot of different options. The technician of Emeka Ibuka, the size of A.D. Mitchell and Leggett, the speed of Worthy. I thought Jalen Polk, Brian Thomas Jr., another vertical threat. Mm-hmm. But I'll land on Franklin. You know, you have always been higher on Franklin than I have, and we're going through wide receivers right now, and we'll do, you know, like our final wide receiver episode coming up soon. Um, Not final. You're right. It's not the final. It's it's a big one for me because regular yeah. season grades are done, right? So um, we'll get to the combine and obviously the Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, those participants, like that stuff will move the needle as well. But film grades with regular season yeah. done, you watch a lot of the film on these guys and a, a big portion of what you're going to think about these players is going to kind of be in the books. But I'm going to take a look at Troy Franklin again and I'm, I'm going to see how much I like him. But I don't know. We might just uh, we might fight on this one, but there's a lot of people that like Troy Franklin, so maybe I got to come around to him. We'll see. He's Miami Dolphins. really slender. He's yeah. Really, it's like a Will Fuller build. Right. Right. So, so all right. Dolphins at 31. Again, offensive line. I guess. Damn. Patrick Paul, you are a Miami Dolphin. I mean, yeah, there is <laughs> we do this a lot. Yeah. I think that one's an, an obvious one. And it makes a lot of sense. It does. We could go with it. It'd make a lot of sense. I don't think I really see anything else where Ibuka is not fast enough. If we're being honest, no. <laughs> they you have to run four three. Uh, Xavier Worthy's fast enough though. He definitely is. Xavier Leggett might be fast enough. You All really right. don't want to take Patrick Paul here. No, we could do it. This is just like the third depressed pick I've had in this mock draft. Yeah, you're so bummed about it. No, this is a good pick. Offensive line. We'll go Patrick Paul, the offensive tackle from Houston. He's massive. Um, he is a fringe first round caliber kind of a talent. He's what, six foot seven, two hundred and or sorry, six foot seven, three hundred and twenty pounds. I really didn't like his tape going into the year. I really, really didn't. And when I saw him at the beginning of the year, even for the first five games, I watched him again. I was like, man, he really got in the lab, got more flexible, could sit his butt down further. Um, he could really flatten out his back. You could tell he could generate a lot more power all the way up through the hips uh, and the legs up through the arms. So the power was better. The balance was better. A lot of it looked better. He has, he, he could be a first round type of a t- type of an offensive tackle. So uh, I don't mean to poo poo the pick. I think I'm just kind of like, ah, man, we've made this one a lot. And it's, you yeah. know, pick 31. So it's hard to get like locked into pick 31. You know, you kind of want things a little bit different, but that would probably be the right pick. And we got to stay true to it. 
All right, the Eagles, the final pick of the first round. I am going to go with Kamari Lassiter with this selection here. Okay. They, if you watch the secondary, man, do they need an infusion of corner? He, he is, he is an Eagle kind of a guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went to Georgia, so obviously. And, and every time we do a, because we've done TJ Tampa here, we've done all kinds of different corner picks here. A lot of Eagles fans respond like, we have this guy on the roster that we're developing and they do. They have a lot of young corners behind the veterans in uh, Bradbury and Slater. But those guys were taken late for a reason. Like there's no and they need multiple corners. These their starting corners got old in a hurry. I mean, I'm not betting the house that Killy Ringo or Eli Ricks are the answer for the long term. Maybe well, they are. Hold on. Eli Ricks, summer scouting CB1. That, you know, who, show some respect. And then he ran what a four seven five. I mean, and then he just wasn't good. And then he, and then the Eagles got Not a him. single thing went right for him his final Did, year. Was he? He was undrafted, right? He went undrafted. I'm pretty then, sure he wasn't even drafted. And yeah, and then he was. I think he had a good summer. It was preseason god. Yeah, and we were back. We were back like we've never left. We were so back. And then the regular season came around, and um, who was it this past week? who uh, Juwan Jennings, who stiff armed him into oblivion. And then it's just, it's never been more Jover. It's just never been. <laughs> that, that, Eli Ricks for me is, is the meme of, it's just like, we're so back. It's so over. Just like, yeah, I'm. It really is. I'm pretty sure he was a five-star recruit. He was, he was. Yeah. yeah. And we, oh man, this is, it's, this is wild. What a he wild ride. So he goes well. to LSU. He's supposed to be awesome. Then it's, yep. He's at Alabama now. This is the year. And then he doesn't have a good year. And then he runs a 4-6 and has a 7-4-4-3 cone. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is really bad. He goes undrafted. It's over. And like you said, preseason, it's like, wow, steal the draft. Yeah, so bottom line is I took Kamari Lassiter for the Eagles because it's it's over. So uh, that's, That is the first round. I, for the Carolina Panthers, they're picking next. Yeah, you want to just do pick 33? Yeah, pick 33. I, I would go AD Mitchell. Um, that's who I would pick. I'd yeah. give them a wide receiver. I would go Texas wide receiver, AD Mitchell. And then for the Cleveland Browns, they pick at 56. Can I throw a name out at you? You could throw one name at me. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> one name. First name only. Braden. <laughs> and you got to figure out who it is. No, uh, so... <laughs> This guy's been playing really, really well this season, and I did not watch him until this past weekend. Braden Fisk, who is the defensive tackle for Florida State, he's going to be at the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, he's undersized; I think he's like sub three hundred. Yeah, and so it like the overall size is a little troubling for an interior defensive line player, but god damn this guy explodes off the ball he gets across the face so well deadly swim move the hands are incredibly quick and i'm telling you he's going to go to the senior bowl and he is just going to make interior offensive linemen look silly so i think that he's going to be a day two pick in the end and uh and we'll go with him at number 56 if that's okay with you that's completely league. okay with me okay. i think it's what they were hoping they would get when they took perry winfrey in the fourth round a couple years ago sure yeah, I've only seen or, um, a little bit of who Fisk, is the but... oh the Missouri defense tackle um, Jordan. Who was oh my gosh, come on, Missouri come on. defensive tackle. He went to the Browns. Yes, and he's no longer in the league, or he is. <sighs> I think he's still there. Oh, Jordan Elliott. No, yes, Jordan Elliott. Thank Jordan you. Elliott. Thank yeah. you. Yes, 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 yes. 
Yes, yes. I think that's who, again, like they were Jordan Elliott hoping that he was yeah, going to be you're right. They keep trying rusher. this. Perry Ann Winfrey, they were hoping he was going to be interior pass rusher. Fisk, I think he can be that guy. Braden Fisk, you are next in answering our prayers. There we go. First round mock draft in the books. Let us know what you thought. As always, best way to do that, youtube.com backslash NFL Stock Exchange. Um, we would love to hear what you thought about our selections, about our discussions. Tell us who you would pick for your favorite team or just selections that you would change anything. We love all sorts of mock draft conversations. That's what these episodes are for. Not only are they to pay the bills and feed our family, they're also because we love the conversations that they can bring about because we get to touch on all 32 NFL teams. So hit us up there. If you are audio only listener, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J Rogers. We can respond to you and go back and forth that way. When it comes to the Wednesday episode, Connor, I have a suggestion as we plan the pod on the pod. You want to do a mailbag episode? You want to do a voicemail episode? Yeah, it's about time. I feel like we haven't done one in a long time. No, we haven't. And they're so much fun. I know me, you and I were talking about how we're going to get into, you know, end of season rankings a little yes. bit. But I need I need a little bit more time. I do too because of this wide receiver class. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do 10, right? Because we did ten, 10 wide receivers. Wide receivers, we did 10 over summer. Yes, I think we should do 10. What I'll probably do is I'll probably like talk about, because I got to update these guys for the big board anyways. Right. So I'll probably talk about my top 20, but I'll very quickly go over the guys in the top 20, and then we can get into the players that we have in the top 10. So we'll we'll throw a lot of names out at you, but we wanted to give you the wide receiver episode first because everybody seems to love the wide receiver episode. So absolutely. So yeah. we'll do we'll do that next week. Yep. But for this upcoming Wednesday, in the comment section of this video as well, give us your mailbag questions that you would love to hear answered. And if it's like if it's a mock draft specific question, that's fine. You can ask it. But if it is a mailbag episode question you would like to have answered, make that specific in your YouTube post or wherever you are hitting us up with that. That's the way that we will identify it to get it into the rotation to hopefully get any episode. We also have the speak pipe voicemails that we've loved that we have done in the past. That we absolutely love speakpipe.com backslash stock exchange. If you go to it, you can go to it on your phone and you could, you don't even have to type it out. You could literally just record your voice and we'll try to play those on the episode. So you get your voice in on the episode. You don't have to type everything out. And I don't know. It's just a cool personal way to, again, connect with you guys. So speakpipe.com backslash stock exchange. We'll pull from that, but we'll also pull from some of the questions that we get in the YouTube comments. Sound good, Connor? That's perfect. Playing the voicemails is so fun. I do like that. I do. It's a I nice do touch. Like it. it is. It's a nice touch. It helps us connect with. Let us people. get you on the show. That's what we're trying to do. It's community, folks. New voices. We're building it. Get in on it. Speedpipe.com backslash stock exchange or hit us up in the comments. We love you guys. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the show. I'm Trevor Sigma. That is Connor Rogers. This has been the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. See you on Wednesday.